Hey Baker, welcome to Business is Sweet. It's easy to fall in love with the sweet art of baking. It's a bit harder to take the right steps to create a successful business around your baking. But the business side of baking is also pretty sweet. I believe that you can be paid well for your creativity, build a successful baking business from home, and enjoy the work you get to do. And in fact, I don't just believe it, I know it because I've done it. I'm your host, Brett, a self-taught home-based baker myself who's built a thriving business making a full-time income as a wedding cake designer, all from home while raising my two little kiddos. And I'm here to show you how to do it too. Welcome to the show. so excited to have you tuning in to the very first episode of Business is Sweet. Today, I'm going to introduce myself a little and I want to share the full story of my own baking journey because one thing I believe that is so important is transparency because when we're transparent in our businesses and we share, we help lift each other and we all rise together. And I want to be straight with you right away. This is not a fluffy, chatty kind of podcast where I'm just going to shoot the breeze and spout off my thoughts. I'm here to be your coach and your guide. And this podcast is meant to be a valuable resource to you as a home baker getting your business off the ground. So episodes are going to vary between specific coaching topics that will feel a lot like mini coaching sessions or mini classes, and we'll have amazing, very relevant baker guests who will help us dive deeper into baking business topics, and occasionally I'll share snippets of exclusive content like bits of my courses and private coaching sessions, lots of stories and insights and behind the scenes to help you feel like you're not alone in this baking game, and you can have success because others are doing it too and figuring it out, and now it's your turn. I hope this show can be a true companion for you while you're working in the kitchen, baking up cake layers late at night, washing endless piles of dishes, which by the way, I've also got about seven pans and three bowls and every dirty spoon sitting in my own sink right now. I'm right there with you in the thick of it. So I want to share a little bit about how I got started. And I hope it sounds a lot like your own story. I hope you can connect with me over that and feel like you're not the only one to go through this and that because somebody else has braved it, you can too. I have loved baking and I've loved cake decorating ever since I was a little kid, but I never ever thought I would turn it into some kind of career or business. I got my very first orders through my mom's friends, of course, and through family. So one of my mom's good friends, Anjali, was having a birthday party for her little boy and he was having a Batman themed party and she came to me and asked me to make a Batman themed cake. And she sent me reference pictures. Mind you, I'm all of about 16 at this time in my life. And I've never worked with fondant. I've hardly, I've never stacked cake layers before until this point. I've never baked a cake from scratch. And so I got my boxed cake mix. I bought a bag of fondant. In fact, I might have even made my own fondant with marshmallows. And I got to work and man, that cake, (laughs) I think I was paid $35 for it. 
and the fondant was very lumpy and messy and very imperfect but there it was and that was the cake that her little boy had for his birthday and to him it meant the world and to her it meant the world and to me it meant the world because I had had my first customer and after that slowly again people started you know just cluing in that I was baking and I didn't share a lot I didn't have a page I didn't have a website all it was just me occasionally sharing a cake that I'd made or something I'd been working on and so people started to take notice here and there so that was when I was 16 I did maybe another cake for one of my mom's friends when I was that young and then didn't really take any more orders until I was 21. I was in college, I was married, and my husband's boss had noticed that I had done a cake or two, and she asked me to make a retirement cake for someone who was retiring soon. And again, it was fondant. It was carrot cake. I'd never made a carrot cake before, and... I remember baking those layers and not knowing what size of pans to use, not knowing how much batter was going to fill up the pan and baking it. And it came out slightly underdone in the middle. And I remember just cutting that part off and filling it with frosting and making all the little parts that were going to go onto it. The guy who was retiring was a professor and like a biology professor and studied lichen and all these kind of um, foresty plants. And so it had like little mushrooms on the cake, little fondant mushrooms and fondant lichen. And it was like a tree stump cake. And I remember delivering it. I did that one for $40. I remember that. And I remember delivering it and just feeling mortified. Like what if they cut into it and part of it was still raw? <laughs> or what if, you know, it doesn't taste very good? I was so nervous about it. But that was one of my one of my second paying customers. And then, then a cousin came to me. She was getting married and she wanted to make her own wedding cake, but wanted somebody to help her out with it who knew a little bit more about about baking and cake making. And here's me with all of like maybe three customers under my belt. And she wanted my help and she was gonna pay for the ingredients. And I was like, okay. Heck yes, this is my first chance to do a wedding cake and you're paying for the ingredients, like, let's do this. We spent weeks, you know, drafting up designs and looking at ideas and kind of pulling it all together. And she was very particular about the color she wanted. So we practiced getting the right orange and purple and blue for her flowers and mixed and matched different techniques. And I remember that week of, obviously she's the bride and so doesn't have the whole week to work with me on it. I baked and I stacked and I crumb coated and I used ganache on it. And I was just following all the bits and pieces of YouTube videos that I had found. I'd never taken a class on this. I'd never done a wedding cake before. And it was a tiered one. It was a two tiered cake. And then it was going to have buttercream flowers and ribbon and kind of some piping on it. And I, I didn't know what recipes to use or anything. I was just going off of, you know, the hodgepodge of stuff that I'd kind of gathered up to that point. Um, so I spent a week working on it. I baked one day. I put them all together the next day. I remember going to her actual wedding ceremony and running home to finish in between piping and, and getting it all boxed up. And that first wedding cake delivery scared me out of my pants. We needed to deliver it about 
an hour away and it's May. It's hot. And I was just terrified that that cake was going to melt. I was so scared <laughs> that it was going to just fall to pieces. And looking back, it's so funny because I deliver huge cakes now completely stacked and they're fine. And this was two separate tiers. I didn't even stack them yet. They were only two layers high. They were very short and squatty tiers. <laughs> there was no chance that they were going to go anywhere. But I was so determined that they were going to make it alive. And I was a nervous ball of just a wreck. My husband drove with me. And we get there to the wedding. And I'm a bridesmaid. So I'm also like, oh, I've got to get this done so I can actually do my bridesmaid thing. And I, I stacked it. I put the flowers on. I remember looking back at the pictures now, the ribbon where it kind of came together. It should have been in the back so you don't see the seam, but it was right in the front. It was just right there in the front. And somebody with more experience definitely would have known that. But that was my first wedding cake. And I spent the whole reception just glancing over it, making sure no one was touching it, making sure that it was safe and waiting for them to cut it and just like pulling out my hair anxious the whole time. I could not relax. But it was awesome because it gave me the boost I needed to start putting myself out there just a little bit more. And I realized that I wanted to get good at this. I wanted to be a wedding cake designer. And I wanted to have that chance to work with customers and to make these beautiful cakes for them. Yet, I still didn't think of it as a career. I still hadn't decided like, I am starting a business around this. I was just like, I want to get one more client. That's all I could think about was getting just one more wedding cake client. And it wasn't until about six months later that my next client came in the form of one of my really good friends from high school, Becca. And she was getting married in December and she was so kind and trusting to let me do that cake for her with one, only one other cake under my belt. Um, and that's such a beautiful thing, how friends and family will trust you with orders like that and let you into their story like that even if you're a beginner. And so I got that second cake. It was a two-tier cake. It was cream cheese frosting, spice cake. It was a smooth buttercream finish, smooth, sharp edges. And I had never done that before. I charged her $80 for it. And it was in December. And I remember, you know, making that cream cheese buttercream. And I had no idea how wiggly and tricky cream cheese buttercream can be to work with. And I spent two hours with my scraper and my spatula just trying to get the, that sharp, smooth corners and edges, trying to make it look so perfect and just freaking out because there were these tiny little hairlines in the buttercream that I just couldn't smooth out. And finally just calling it and saying, okay, this is the best I can do. I think it doesn't look as good as it should. But really, I'd just been looking at it for so long because you look at the pictures now and I'm actually really impressed with myself that I was able to pull off those smooth sides and sharp edges that, that first time with that wedding cake. But gosh, it took two hours of my time to get it. So I drove that cake. I put it on the table at the reception and again, spent that whole reception just freaking out, watching every kid and just don't touch it. Please don't touch it. Please don't lick it. And that was my second wedding cake. Well, guess what? 
that wedding cake led to my next one. And this client was my first complete stranger cake. It was Becca's cousin, Madison, and she was getting married in a few months. And Becca had loved her cake so much that she recommended me. And so I just talked to Madison over Facebook Messenger. We went back and forth. She sent me some pictures. And what she wanted, again, it was something I'd never done. It was a three-tier cake. It was all these fondant ruffles kind of coming up. And it looked a little bit like a rose. Um, just white fondant and then some minimum flowers on it. And that was what she wanted. And I'd never done it. I charged $150 for it. And I thought about that cake probably every day for the next four months as I was preparing for it. And it was even, it was on my husband's birthday <laughs> that I took that order, but I was so desperate to have another chance at it. And he was very kind and supportive, letting me do that order and, and supporting me in that as I took that on. And so I spent that day you know, doing fondant ruffles, something I had never done and actually being pleasantly surprised that it worked and that it was going together right. And this was a three-tier cake. Looking back on it, I don't know if I structured it at all. I don't know if I put one single dowel in that cake to hold it up, but by some miracle, it survived. I remember sitting in the back seat. My husband drove us down. It was about a half hour away to deliver it. My husband drove us down and we get there to the church where they're having the reception and nobody's there. I don't have anybody's phone number. We had to wait locked out for a while before somebody showed up to let us in. So rule number one, always get a phone number when you're working with a client. <laughs> we get in there and the cake table, it's very obvious which one's the cake table, but it's got this cake stand that is literally a stem the size of a spaghetti noodle. And me, being the amateur that I am, I put that three-tier cake on that spaghetti noodle cake stand and instantly panic. I'm, it's like, it's going down. This cake stand is not going to hold that cake. So I grab the cake and I pull it off and I set the stand aside and I, I put it on the table and I just grabbed whoever else was there in the church. I don't think there was hardly anybody, but I, I told whoever was there, I said, do not use that cake stand. Just put that away. It won't hold the weight. And so they tucked it away and we left. And I spent the rest of the day just biting my nails, wondering if, if it went okay, if they liked it. And you know what? I got a message from her not too long later. And it was from Madison, the bride. And she actually didn't even like cake. And that was part of our conversations when she was ordering that, you know, she wasn't a big cake person. But she sent me this message saying that was the best cake she'd ever had. It was strawberry lemonade flavor, lemon cake layers with a strawberry lemon buttercream. And she loved it. She was so thrilled about it. And I was thrilled that she was thrilled. This was another wedding cake under my belt. It was my first stranger, total stranger order. And that really started to get the ball rolling. And now I'm not saying the orders just started to pour in, but it gave me some confidence to go forward and to be able to put myself out there and the orders that followed were far and few in between. It was like an order every three months or two orders every three months. And I started doing more things for neighbors. I did a wedding cake for my sister. I did another wedding cake for a friend. And that's how the ball started to slowly get rolling until I found myself in my senior year of college. I'm studying food science, which 
is nothing to do with with pastry school or um, a food degree. It's all about the science, about chemistry and production and quality microbiology of food. So I was learning a lot about food science, about the science of food, but I was also learning about business because chemistry did not did not jive well with me. I really enjoyed learning about it. It was really cool, but I was the kind of person who wanted to get out of as many hard chemistry classes as I could. So I ended up on the business track in the food science path, which allowed me to take things like accounting and finance and entrepreneurship and marketing and strategy and those things. I loved them. I found this niche that really just, I thought it was so fascinating and it really excited me. And as I'm doing that, I'm finishing up my my senior year and I'm sitting in some of my last classes and I'm not listening to my professor at all because I'm building my very first website for my baking business. It had finally started to dawn on me that this is what I wanted to do. I loved food. I loved business. I loved making cakes and I wanted to go full swing with this. I really wanted to make it a business. So I start building my website. I'm finishing up my finals. I'm launching my website and I'm starting to take on real orders. I'm starting to really build my portfolio taking, I I think I was probably doing about three orders a month at that point. And I'm also pregnant. And so I've kind of got it in my head that there's this deadline that I've got to get this business up and running and do all of it before my baby comes, because when my baby comes, I'm going to quit and I'm going to just be a mom. Well, pretty quickly, I learned some good life lessons that I don't believe God intends us to just hide in our homes. I believe he gives us gifts and talents for a reason that we're supposed to use them. And that even though motherhood is definitely my priority and having my baby was the most important thing to me at that time. Also, I still wanted to be a caker and I still wanted to bake. And that was still a purpose in my life. So a few months after having my baby, I started up again, started taking orders, and then I quit. It was too much. It was a lot to handle as a new mom and still kind of fresh in the baking business. So I quit. And then a few months later, I started to get into it again. And then I quit again. It was so hard to figure it out. And I remember reaching out to other bakers around me. There was this one girl in particular who had a website and her cakes were beautiful and she was so close by me. She wasn't that, she didn't live very far away from me. And I just wanted to know how she got started, how she like really got into that. Cause I'd done a couple, but I really wanted to be legit. Like she appeared and like what she was doing. And I remember reaching out to her and not getting a response And then actually bumping into her and recognizing her and saying, oh my gosh, you're that girl who does cakes. Like, can I please, like, let's go to lunch and something. And it really kind of got brushed off. And that was so disheartening to me that I promised myself at that time that I was going to be the resource that I wanted, that I was going to be someone who always supported people and helped them and gave resources and guidance and advice to, I was going to do that for other people. I decided in that moment that that was going to be me. So I'm trying to figure out how to balance motherhood, trying to balance business, how, how to get this all up and going again, and just feeling 
feeling a lot of guilt about it, feeling like, gosh, I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to put all my time into. I don't know if this is what God wants me to do or if I'm, you know, abandoning my family as I'm trying to, you know, do a few orders here and there. It was a lot to navigate um, internally and morally. And what I remember is talking to my mother-in-law. At this point, my husband has switched jobs a few times and he's he's become a an art teacher now. He's an artist, which is something that we kind of share. We both love creativity and he's been working in exhibit design, but it just wasn't a very family-friendly environment. It wasn't a good schedule is what I'm saying for, for us. He would get home late and having having our little baby, it just made it so hard. So he switches jobs. He's a teacher now. And, you know, I'm the one that manages all our, our home finances. I do all of our money management and I keep track of that. And we're talking and we're just trying to figure out how we're going to make ends meet and how we're going to take care of our, our first baby and our kids to come and how we're going to make a good life for them. And it's, it's a lot that's weighing on us. So I remember I'm talking to my mother-in-law and we're there and I'm telling her, I think I should probably just get a job. I think I should probably set up babysitting with her and work at the grocery store or find somewhere else where I can go and work in the mornings so that we can have a second income. And she really told me, I don't remember her exact words, but she shut that idea down. She was like, no, you don't want to leave your kids and you don't want to go work for someone. You've got a talent. She said, you, you've got something here with your cake business. And in that moment, she gave me a lot of support. And I, I wish I remember the exact words that she said, but she encouraged me not to get a job, to stay home with my kiddo, and to find a way to make my cakes work. And so I decided, okay, that that really got my wheels turning. And before I really listened to her, I was still on the fence, but that was in the back of my mind working. And I, someone had posted on Facebook that they were looking for extra help with their catering business. They needed someone to just come in for a night and, you know, put desserts on the table and help set up. And I was like, I know how to do that. I can do that. It's easy. I'll leave for a night, make a quick 60 bucks, right? 60 bucks. That was it. And I went and I spent those hours on my feet working for somebody else. And, ooh, it rubbed me so wrong. I did not like it. <laughs> After all this time and the, the orders that I've taken up to this point where I made my own money, I was my own boss and I was in control, to go and work for somebody else like that was the nail in the coffin. I came home and I knew I am not going to do that again. I cannot do that again. That did not feel like me. It did not feel right. I've got something here. If I'm willing to give up time with my kids to go and work for somebody else like that for basically nothing, why can't I spend time at home as a stay-at-home mom and make my dream work and make real money with it? That was it. I was sold. So from that point on, my focus was getting my own cake business legit. I wanted to get the legals in place. I wanted to get my business registered. I wanted to make sure I was complying with all those laws, which is a fun can of worms in and of itself. And hang on my bakers, because we're going to talk about that in future episodes. It's one of the hardest things to navigate. So I'm going to make sure I help you get through that. So I was there trying to figure it all out. And 
pretty soon, pretty easily, it was like all of a sudden the pieces all fell into place. It's now been about three years since I did that first wedding cake for my cousin. And by October 2019, I had a full-on home-based, legally certified cake business with a website and a small portfolio, and I was on my way. And from that moment forward, the orders never stopped. They kept coming. Within a month, I had already paid for the website that I'd built. The orders that came in had given me the money back that I'd invested to get my license and to do all of that. And they didn't stop. Things kept coming. And I was just in awe at how the growth came. And it wasn't easy. It didn't all just come easy. I had to learn a lot of things, a lot of hard lessons. There was a lot of new techniques to learn. I had to learn how to communicate well with customers and how to deal with unhappy or hard situations. I had to learn how to raise my prices. That first year I was in business, I raised my prices four times. And it was all thanks to a very sweet local baker who was close to me. She lived close by me. I didn't know her that well, but one day she saw my pricing and she reached out to me and she said, girl, you could be doing better than that. Like your cakes are good. They're clean. You can raise your prices. And that validation, that kind of confirmation from somebody else was what allowed me to do it. And then I raised them again and then I raised them again and then I raised them again. And I watched that just kind of flourish in that first year of business. And I loved being a part of the community, the baking community. I loved getting to connect with other bakers and getting to help each other. And very quickly after I I get to this certain point in my business where I'm like, I've done really well. So very soon I find myself in this place in my business where not only do I love the baking part and the cake decorating part, but I've really come to love marketing and working with clients and doing the math and figuring it all out. I really love that kind of puzzle on the back side of it, the business side, which most bakers don't seem to enjoy that part. That's usually not why we go into business, but I had really found a love for it. And I'd found a love for helping other bakers do what I was doing because I'd promised myself, I'd known what that felt like to kind of be rejected and to not get the help that I was looking for and to feel just at a loss and to figure it out on my own. And I had already promised myself I was going to be the resource that I wish I had had. So I came to that point in my journey where I created the Out of Home Baker. And that's my coaching page on Instagram. That is where I share all of my tips and tutorials and trainings on how to run your own baking business from home. And I started to provide resources to home bakers, how to legalize your business, how to price your dang cakes. Pricing is the worst. It's the hardest. I created a whole course around it. And my goal is to help other stay-at-home mama bakers find a way to capitalize on their creativity and find a way to step into their genius and to enjoy that part of their lives so that they can have control of their lives. My goal is to have transparency in what I've done And my goal was to really analyze and research and figure out how did I get where I got? And what about other bakers who have been successful? How did they get to where they are now? And I've brought it down into this recipe that I like to call, it's the recipe for success in your home baking. It's got six ingredients 
and we're going to talk about those more over the next coming episodes. But I want you to know what those six ingredients are. It's your plan, having a business plan. It's your product, having a good product that sells, that's that's valuable and that's well done. It's your price, pricing things right and knowing your numbers so that you can take control of where your business is going. It's marketing. It's communicating about your business so that people can find you, so that they know about you and they can order from you. It's your communication with your customers, your customer service. It's got to be good. And it's managing your finances. Those are six ingredients, six things that you have to do that I did, that I watch others do. It all boils down to that in your business. My goal is to help you as a baker overcome your fear about putting yourself out there and being in business. I don't want you to feel like you're alone because you're not. I'm so glad that you found me here. You just gained your number one cheerleader who wants to see you succeed as a baker in business. And I've got some homework for you. The first thing you want to do is subscribe to this podcast because this is episode one and there's lots of amazing content and lots of amazing help and guidance to come in the next episodes. So subscribe to make sure that you don't miss an episode. Second, I want you to come find me and connect with me on Instagram. I want to be your friend. I want to be someone who helps you and supports you and encourages you. You can find me on Instagram at the out of home baker. That's my page. It's me there in the DMs. It's me behind all the commenting. It's not somebody else running it. So come and find it and send me a message. Let me know you heard the show. Let me know what you thought of it. And if you have anything that you want to learn, let me know and we can turn it into an episode and we can make it here available for you. I am here for you. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited to get to know you. And then the third thing that you'll want to do, if you're in the thick of trying to get your business started and trying to get it up and running, I have a whole resource library just waiting for you to take the next steps in your baking business. You can find the link to that resource library in the show notes. You can also find the link to it on my Instagram at the out of home baker. Go ahead and take a look at it and find the one that fits where the challenges that you're facing right now, whether it's pricing or getting orders or running your Instagram or working with customers, maybe it's your photography, whatever it is, I've got a class or an ebook or some kind of resource to help you with it. So go and check that out. And then I'm so excited to have you join me for the upcoming episodes. Thank you so much for being with me here today. And I hope all of your cakes rise. I hope all of your meringues whip. I hope all of your clients are happy. And I hope that you'll stay tuned for the upcoming episode. 